0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is episode number 969. Thomas McCoy is our guest. He is president of Employee Engagement Institute As the author of several books on compensation and engagement, Thomas McCoy knows your concerns and questions when it comes to high involvement, high performance cultures for companies. He joins us once again because he was on our show in 2016. If you want to look up his previous interview here on Critical Mass Radio Show, it's episode number 928. It aired live on August 23rd, 2016 on octalkradio.net. I've asked him to come back because I want to dig a little bit deeper into this concept of employee engagement. Tom, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show.
2: Hi Rick, it's good to be back. Nice to hear your voice again, my friend.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you back on the show. So, let's pick up sort of where we left off. As I said in the open, you're the author of several books. So, if if you're listening to us as a podcast or live on the stream, you can go to uh, amazon.com, go to Thomas J McCoy's authors page and you will see that there are five books four books in the toolbox book on employee engagement you have a lot to say about employee engagement give our audience a sense for why you felt the need to write so many books on the subject of employee engagement thomas Rick,
2: it's my passion and it's my vocation and avocation how it all started was uh, i was lucky enough to get a job with a management consulting firm right out of college And we spent uh, all week on-site in major industrial facilities, power plants, uh, refineries, uh, paper mills, etc. And we were implementing a a, uh, process that was the precursor to lean, to drive out waste in, in the process. And I was standing on the floor... This was back in the late 70s. So we were improving productivity, and I was standing on the floor, the production floor of a paper mill in southeast Texas on the night shift, and it was about 1 in the morning, and the supervisor and I were talking uh, about the lean process. And he said, Tom, I get it. You know, we'll we'll work your process, and we'll drive the waste out. And he said, but then he pointed out to the floor, and he, he said, what's in it for them? And he was talking, of course, about his employees. And I thought, you know... We missed all of that. And that was a changing point in my career. And ever since, uh, I've been focused on the people side of the business.
1: We're talking with Thomas McCoy. He's president of Employee Engagement Institute here on Critical Mass Radio Show. So so let me just kind of follow up on that because it's my experience with lean and process improvement activities that many times a potential outcome of improving the processes is actually a reduction in the employees required to do the work.
2: Uh, Yeah, and uh, so you need to take that into consideration. What happens is there's resistance. Because of that, there's resistance to these types of productivity improvement processes, and eventually they, they die out unless a lot of energy is put into them. Our philosophy is let's take a look at the people side and see how we can't get people engaged in the business just as engaged as a business owner would be. And and so let's create this environment of partnership where everybody thinks and acts like a partner and benefits from the gains of improvement.
1: In your research, and um, the reason why I've asked Thomas to come back on the show, ladies and gentlemen, is I – there are two reasons. One – I think the number one competitive advantage that companies that listen to Critical Mass Radio Show can have is an engaged workforce, and Thomas and his organizations are experts at helping companies do that, and, and And for that reason I wanted him to come in. And the second one is you have tools, assessments, and diagnostics that really tell the leaders of these organizations what areas to focus on to improve their employee engagement. So for, from your perspective, Thomas, if there was one one thing that a CEO of a middle market company could do today to begin to move the needle in his favor, her favor, as far as employee engagement goes, is there – I know there's not a silver bullet, but is there a low-hanging fruit that you could share with our audience?
2: Yeah. The way we start – well, you're talking about what's the logical first step, and the first step is you want to create the right kind of culture. So the culture is a social environment in which work takes place. We have to understand what we're talking about here. And it's defined and created by through communication, behavior, performance, and rewards. It's really a function of the relationship between the employees themselves and the leadership or the organization. So now we know what culture is. Engagement is a function of the culture. You can't get engagement without the right kind of culture. And so engagement is the condition where individuals are enthusiastic in their contribution of their intellectual, emotional, and physical resources to achieve the goals of the organization. And the question is, why would they do that? And the answer is because they receive satisfaction and reward from the relationship. So we, you've heard this two words in both of those definitions, reward and relationship. And so the logical first step is to start with an incentive pay plan that's linked to performance scorecards. When the numbers get better, it generates enough money. You share some of the gains of improvement with the employees. That's the first step. We're dealing with human beings here. They respond to behavioral psychology. Everything we do from the people side of the business needs to take that into consideration. And the core element here is what's in it for me. If you can address my needs, I'll help you achieve your needs.
1: So, Thomas, so the is first that,
2: step, I would the, say, is an
1: incentive plan. Okay. Sorry to talk over you, I, but I wanted to follow up. Does that mean that every employee and every manager has to have sort of a unique understanding of the individuals, what's in it for me? Or have you found in working with clients like you do that that cultures can kind of attract people who will get the rewards from the company as it is constructed? In other words, it sounds daunting, daunting to almost have to be personalized to every employee's what's in it for me. Is that's what's required to have employee engagement or is there some different way to do that
2: no there's yeah uh, um you, you don't want to get down onto the individual basis because then we're not building a sense of teamwork or partnership our focus is to create a culture of partnership and that really is aligned or based on two pillars one is that the employees are aligned with the business goals, and of course that's the scorecard right that's how they know what their contribution is, what they need to focus on. And that scorecard helps them are committed to achieving the goals of the organization. And the reason they're committed is because they share in the gains of improvement. So from an employee alignment standpoint, you need a scorecard and some kind of sharing of the gains. The way the management supports that in, in a servant leadership type mentality is to, to tune their management practices so that they provide the necessary environment and the necessary support. So what, what we really want is to ensure that our employees are educated, enabled, empowered, and engaged. Those are those four management practices. And if they are, then we, we will have a cultural partnership.
1: So, Thomas, when you say sharing in the gains, does that, is that a financial thing or is that something different?
2: Well, yeah, that's a good question. From a behavioral psychology standpoint, we've got two kinds of needs, right? We've got internal needs and external needs. So we get internal rewards, which are uh, a sense of satisfaction, a sense of doing good, a personal feeling of, of satisfaction, then we get external rewards, such as incentive pay. So you can have recognition programs and you can have cash incentive programs. People come to work for three reasons, and we have to understand this. Number one is they want to get paid fairly, right? Number two is that they want to perform. They want to do things well. They want to do things that they do well and have an opportunity to do that. And the third one is that they want to contribute to society. There's some kind of overarching purpose that gives them the pride of being a part of something bigger than themselves, uh, and that's that whole servant leadership role, providing others with the support they need to be successful. That's our overarching uh, purpose.
1: We're gonna we have about a minute here before our first break here on critical mass radio show and podcast. Uh, but I want to ask you, from your perspective, Thomas, um, is every employee, does every employee have the basic DNA to become an engaged employee? Or are there some employees that you have found for whatever reason, regardless of what the management leadership tries to do, maintain either a disengagement or just not in line with the company they're working for?
2: Yeah, this is uh this is the old 2060-20 rule. There's twenty percent of your employees that are engaged and they came in engaged and they'll remain engaged. That's that's just internally who they are. There's sixty percent of your employees who can become engaged But there aren't the systems and processes that enable them to do that within the organization. The culture doesn't support that, and there's nothing that enables them to do that. And then there's the 20%, uh, but they will become engaged if we provide them with the right support.
1: We're going to take a short break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to define the term applied engagement for our audience, okay? Sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Thomas McCoy after this word. It's a short one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds on Critical Mass Radio Show.
0: Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information,
1: we we'll not be back quickly here on critical mass radio show and critical mass radio show we love reviews of our show on your favorite podcasting software of course this is a great way for you to help others to find our show since we started our show in 2009 we've reached several hundred thousand listeners with our live stream and our podcast and i would greatly appreciate it if you could make the time to write a short review about our program before the break I said to our guest, Thomas McCoy, who's president of Employee Engagement Institute as well as the author of multiple books available on Amazon.com to share and define the term applied engagement. The reason why I asked that is that was a conversation that you and I had back on your uh, original first uh, interview here on the show. So I, I thought it might be good for this audience to understand that concept as well, Thomas.
2: Yeah, Rick, thanks. I remember that conversation. Uh, that was very enjoyable. Applied engagement is the term that we put to the structured process for applying all the tools that we've found work or effective in creating engaged employees. So we really need tools in five categories. We need to provide employees with the right information information that they need to do their job exceptionally well. We need to educate them in what the information means. So, for example, a scorecard, productivity, quality, schedule, attainment, profitability, whatever's on the scorecard, they have to understand what those words mean, what the story is behind the numbers, and how they can affect those. So we have to educate them about the information that we give them. Then we need to give them the tools to act on that information, and that might be an action, team action planning process. We call them DATS, department action teams. And that's where they select an item on the scorecard that's underperforming and and they go through a root cause analysis problem to identify what can be done to improve the results. So we give them the information, the education, the tools. Then we structure the organization so that it will provide them with an opportunity to use the tools to act on the information. So you can't hold a department action team meeting unless there's a process that enables you to do that. And and the last one is a reason to use the tools to improve the outcomes. And that's usually the incentive pay and and the recognition programs that we build. So there's this whole set of tools that are are part of the structured process. and, And that's what we call applied engagement.
1: You know, since you published your first book in 1993, you are clearly a thought leader on, the, on this topic of organizational culture and the use of compensation and employee engagement to drive performance. And again, I hear from you on this interview a consistent message, and I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. Is it your belief that to have the maximum amount of employee engagement a company could possibly have, you also have to have a performance-based culture?
2: Oh, that's what a partnership is. A partnership focuses on the outcomes of the organization. Let's not lose track here. It's a business. We're in the business to do several things. Um, Business owners uh, want more money. They want more time. They want less hassle. And they want, at the transition period, more asset value. Those are the things that we need to focus on. Now, there's no reason why we all can't uh, be part of that. There isn't any reason why we all can't have a satisfying life while we participate in that, and that's that's by creating this culture of partnership.
1: That's why I find your approach to employee engagement so worth talking about here on Critical Mass Radio Show because uh, it, it it directly links performance to culture to engagement. Which you sometimes I think people mistakenly think I can't drive performance if I want an engaged workforce. It is it is my sense that employees want to have a job that is kinda frictionless you know they want to do a good job when they come to work and its management's responsibility to make sure the environment allows them to do that
2: absolutely they want uh, good pay they want an opportunity to perform and then they want to contribute to a, a bigger purpose and so you know what's the overarching purpose of your company our overarching purpose is that we see a world where engagement is commonplace because it appeals to the enlightened self-interest of the leaders and owners it's more behavioral psychology
1: is it your okay is it your view that smaller companies tend to have a higher p- chance of having employee engagement than larger companies or larger companies have a propensity to have more engaged employees what does your research and work with clients tell you Thomas
2: yeah I um, We tend to work in in the privately owned mid-market area because uh, it's easier to implement change and maintain that change and it's easier to communicate in an organization that that has anywhere from 50 to 500 employees. You start getting more than that and you have to break the process down. Uh, in two segments so that you would do one division and then move on to the next division, uh, etc. Uh, implementing this kind of a transformation in Boeing is almost impossible um, because you can't get everybody's heart and mind on board.
1: I'm glad you said that. I didn't know how you were going to answer that, so I was a little bit out on the uh, intellectual limb. But it is my belief that, especially in companies where the CEO or lo- leader, founder, can have a, a personal relationship with the employees and maybe, you know, with a couple hundred people, you can sort of know everybody's name and you can have that sort of relationship. It, it seems to me that that's an easier environment to build and sustain engagement than an, an organization with tens of thousands of people where, you know, very few people know each other, let alone the executives know very deep into the organization.
2: Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's much more difficult to create this sense of partnership. The, the larger the organization gets.
1: So we're talking with Thomas McCoy. He's president of Employee Engagement Institute. He's the author of numerous books dating back to 1993 with his first work, Compensation and, and Motivation. Um, t- so let tell me, is an engaged workforce and that culture is it self sustaining? I mean, does it does it help the leaders? Does the culture help the leaders maintain itself when properly built or is this the kind of thing that without a lot of energy from top executives that can you know can kind of dissipate on you?
2: Actually, it takes a lot of energy to get it up and running, but once you do it's pretty self-sustaining because who would want to fall back to something to the old ways? when it's so much nicer this way. We're getting so many more rewards. We're getting more intrinsic rewards. We're getting more extrinsic rewards. The quality of our work uh, experience is much higher than it was in the past. So the tendency for it to fall back is, uh, we. I've only seen that in one situation, and that was with a client who had, who had uh, we did this back in uh, 2003, and just recently, I touched base with them, and, and they, were, they were having a tendency to fall back because their leadership had changed, and the new leadership had a different philosophy, a more traditional management-style philosophy. And so they were slowly beginning to change the culture back to the old ways, and the, and the employees were confused and unhappy um, because they saw something that good that was slowly going away. You know, bigger executive offices, uh, less communication, a cutback in in, um, in the activities that, uh, um, that created a sense of partnership and engagement, a change in the compensation plan, um, those types of things.
1: So if someone's listening to us today here on Critical Mass Radio Show on octalkradio.net or possibly on iTunes or Stitcher and they go, I think this Thomas McCoy knows a thing or two about compensation, motivation, and employee engagement. How would you, you know, I've mentioned Amazon a couple times, but from your perspective as the author of these books, where would you suggest they go to learn more about, you know, what you've been working on for years?
2: Oh, thanks, Rick. They can email me directly at TJMcCoy at TJMcCoy.com. Try to keep that simple. Or they can go to our website. There's a lot of high-value information on our website, and that's EmployeeEngagementInstitute.com. All one word, lots of opportunity for misspelling.
1: And McCoy and they, is spelled they, M-C-C-O-Y.
2: Yes, that's correct. So, um, and they can even um, sign up for our blog on, on the website.
1: Have you Final question on our Critical Mass Radio show for you. We've had some guests over the past two years who've talked about neuroleadership you know this study of the brain to see how leadership leaders influence and stimulate their employees are are you finding in your work in employee engagement more research being done on sort of how the employees respond to the stimulus that is the leadership and and kind of this area of neuroleadership
2: um that's a um, a real leading edge piece of work i'm not sure whether it's uh, a fad or whether it's valid we, we tend to stay with the proven basics of behavioral psychology uh, and there's, a, there's two components that we, that we that are really the foundation of our work a- and that is the first one is behavior is a function of its consequences and so uh, we develop systems that provide appropriate consequences that reinforce the behavior that we want and the other one is, uh, and this is a motivational design, that any any type of motivational component has three elements to it. It needs to be positive, immediate, and certain. Now, there's a balance there. You can't have all of those. Uh, you can only have a portion of each one. And so the question is, how do you balance those when you're setting up your social and, and uh, financial reward systems so that you're maximizing the impact on the business partners or your employees.
1: Boy, it sounds whenever you talk about this that there are some pretty straightforward rules and procedures and proven strategies that can work effectively in a company, and I'm excited that you continue to do this work through your firm, Employee Engagement Institute. You share just a sliver, a little bit of what you know here with my audience. I would love to get you to speak to my community hear more directly, maybe at some point in the future, Thomas, about employee engagement because I think it's the holy grail of, of company performance and differentiation.
2: Well, thanks, Rick. Anything I can do to work with you is, is always an honor and a pleasure, my friend.
1: Well, thank you for giving up your time again, ladies and gentlemen. If you like the content of the conversations today, I direct you to an earlier podcast, number 928, from August 23rd of 2016 to, to kind of fill in more conversation on employee engagement. Thank you for being a continued friend of the program, Mr. McCoy, and thank you for being a part of our community. I really appreciate your time today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. My pleasure, Rick. Thanks for having me. Our engineer today is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern, and I'm your host, Richard Pranzi If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit criticalmass dot com. And until our next show, I hope all of your decisions Will move your company in a positive direction.
0: Listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.